Moshe Rabbeinu is giving the Yidin a bracha, and he says to them, Hashem alekei aviseichem, Yosef aleichem kochem, elef pa'amim, Hashem should bless you. Hashem should increase you, should multiply you a thousand times of how much you are today. And bless you as he had spoken to you. Rashi quotes the words, Yosef aleichem kochem, elef pa'amim. Hashem should increase you and multiply you a thousandfold. And explains, once Moshe Rabbeinu said already, they're going to be a thousand times as much as they are now. What is being added to the words, that Hashem should bless you as he told you. Because what happened over here was that the Yidin said to Moshe, you're putting a certain limit on our brachis. Hashem had already promised Avraham, if anyone, if anyone be able to count the Yidin. In other words, that there's no number. And you're telling us now a thousand times. So Moshe Rabbeinu responds and says, Zumi shalihi, this is my bracha. But the continuation of the Pasuk means, but Hashem will bless you as he spoke to you. Now the source for this Rashi says the Rebbe is in the Sifri and in the Medrash. In the Sifri it says, Amru loy the Yidin said, Rabbeinu Moshe, our Rebbe Moshe, efshi, we don't want that you should bless us. Hashem promised Avram Avinu already and said, I'm going to increase your children like the stars of the heaven. I'm going to make your children like the dust of the earth. And you are putting a limit onto our brachis. The Medrash then goes on and mentions a mashal, which we will mention later in the Sigha. And then it goes on and says that Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Yidin, When I said that Hashem should make you a thousand times as much, that was my bracha. However, but of course Hashem is going to bless you as He spoke to you, like the sands of the seas, like the plants of the earth, like the fish in the sea, like the stars of the heavens. Very similarly, the Medrash also says, the above was this free, the Medrash also says something very, sim- says something very similar, that the Yidin said to Rabbeinu Moshe, the Abishta didn't give a, a, a limit to our brachis, and you're saying Elif Pamim a thousand times, and again, Moshe Rabbeinu says, this bracha that I gave you is mine. And when the Abishta will come, he will give you the bracha that he had promised you. Now the Rebbe says, as we learned the simple meaning in Rashi, as well as the Safri and the Medrash, simply the argument of the Yidin is that the bracha of Hashem is completely without any limit whatsoever, that the Yidin are going to be actually, in a way of bleak vul, completely unlimited, limited, infinite, and why is Moshe Rabbeinu giving them a bracha a thousand times as much as they are right now, which clearly has a certain limitation? However, if that's the pshat, says the Rebbe, there's a number of things that are not understood. Number one, why is Rashi starting with a question on the Pasuk, that why does it say, after saying, Elof Pa'amim, what's the point of saying, V'yivarich eschem kasher diber lochem? Why doesn't Rashi just straight out start off with the argument that the Yidin have to Moshe, the question that the Yidin have to Moshe, as the Safri and the Medrash, Put it exactly that way, that the Yidin have an argument to Moshe Rabbeinu. Especially that we know that Rashi is not a style usually to start explaining what's the problem in the Pasuk. Rather, he immediately just explains what the Pasuk is trying to say, as discussed many times. Point number two. Even if there wouldn't be this question in the Pasuk, of why does it say, We would still have a problem. Moshe Rabbeinu would still have to explain, and Rashi would have to explain that that bracha is only Moshe Rabbeinu's, so that it shouldn't be in contradiction to brachas that were already clearly said earlier by Hashem, that people, that we, Yidin won't be able to be counted, 
and so on and so forth. In other words, even without these words in the Apostle, the extra words, we still have to explain what the Elif Pa'amim means. <coughs> the next thing that Rebbe asks is, why is it that the Pasuk that Rashi uses as the proof that the Yidn are comp- complaining to Hashem, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and using the Pasuk that Hashem said, Asherim Yuchalim Ishlimnois, that no one will be able to count the Yidn. Why doesn't he bring the proof from the Sifri, which is from the earlier part of that same Pasuk, the earlier part of that promise, the Pasuk says, I will make your children as the dust of the earth. In addition to the other Pasuk that the Sifri brings, so why is it that Rashi is bringing the later part of that Pasuk, which is, which if anyone will be able to count the dust, so to your children won't be able to be counted. And finally, the Rebbe asks, since Rashi is just coming to explain what's this business of having a thousand times, which is a certain limit, as opposed to the, to the unlimited amount, why is Rashi quoting from the Pasuk also the words, Yosef Aleichem Kachem, instead of just quoting the words, Elif Pamim? The Rebbe says we also need to understand, and this is a very, very, even in a, a bigger question, a most important question, as the Mepharshim ask, what exactly is even Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha adding to the bracha of Hashem? Moshe Rabbeinu is saying a thousand times, if the bracha of Hashem is an unlimited bracha, then a thousand times is completely nothing. It's completely nullified, it's completely irrelevant compared to the bracha that Hashem already gave. We know there's a famous klal. The Gemara uses the expression, yesh b'chlal mosayim, mona included in 200 is certainly 100. Once you have the bracha of bleak vul, what is even the point of saying that the Yidin will be a thousand times as they are right now? So Mepharshim answered this question in two ways. Either that the Ebishter's bracha is a conditional bracha, that means if the Yidin are going to be Mekayim Torah and Mitzvahs, then they're going to be Bleakvul. But Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a bracha for being a thousand times, regardless and independent of any conditions. <coughs> Another explanation is that Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha applies these days, and the Ebishter's bracha will be fulfilled La'asid Lavai. Says the Rebbe, these answers could fit very well in the Safri and the Medrash, as the Rebbe is about to explain, but he's going to say that Lefirashi, this is going to be a problematic answer. And that is, the Medrash brings a mushal over there, which we started mentioning before. The Medrash brings a mushal, a mushal of a king that had a lot of possessions. He has a little child. The king needs to go now overseas. He needs to go out of the country. And he's concerned, he says, if I'm going to leave all my money, all my possessions with my child, he's going to go and waste them. So the king goes ahead and appoints a caretaker. <clears throat> until, the, until, the, until the child will grow up. Now finally the child grows up, and he clearly wants what the king has given him, etc. And the apotropos, the caretaker, tells him the following. Whatever I was giving you till now, the last number of years and so on, all of that I was just giving you of my own personal possessions. What your father had left for you, that still being safeguarded, etc. What do we see from here? In other words, it's two separate times. There's one time when the caretaker was taking care of the child and giving him a certain amount, and then later he'll go and get much more from the king. In a similar way over here, we could say that the bracha of Hashem is not in the same time or in the same situation, under the same conditions, when the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu is in this case, like the caretaker, that that bracha applies. So too, in the, this was the Sifri. The Medrish also gives a similar sort of mushal, <coughs> where the king also asked someone to distribute a certain amount of money, and he distributed less, and then he said what I was giving was only my own, the king will come, and he will give what he promised, 
So again, it's in two separate times. So therefore, we could say that one is referring to when Yidin are doing what they're supposed to, the other one is when the Yidin are not when they're not doing what they're supposed to, or as we said, either now in La'asid Lavoi. So that would fit. But in Rashi, Rashi is explaining Pshutashul Mikra, and all Rashi says is that Moshe says, This is my bracha, and Hashem will give you what he promised you. He doesn't hint at all to any of these explanations that we just said, that it seems to be either under different conditions or in different times. So it's understood that there must be a very simple explanation, according to Rashi, which Rashi doesn't even have to explain or even hint to. Says the Rebbe, the explanation is as follows. According to Pshutish Mikra, and in truth, even according to the way of learning of Safri and the Medrash, there's really no question why Moshe Rabbeinu is limiting, so to speak, the bracha, by saying Elif Pamim a thousand times, while Hashem seemingly gave a bracha without any limit, without any number whatsoever. Because after all, after all, a person, a human being, no matter how great he is, he's still a nivra mugbul, a limited and finite creature. And therefore the point being is, in other words, there can't come something bleakful from him. <coughs> the Rebbe points out to something that's discussed in Sifri Chakira and more philosophy type of Svarim, how from something limited, something finite, you'll never be able to get, even from many, many, many finite things, you'll never get to something that's truly infinite. The example that Rebbe gives over here is from the continuation of time itself, that it cannot be going on forever and ever and ever without a limit. Because since time itself is made up of minutes, hours, days, etc. So then you'll have to say, if we would say that it goes on in an unlimited way, is it possible to say that one bleak vul, one infinite thing is greater than another infinite thing? Meaning to say, you have, if time was unlimited, you would say you have infinite hours, but one second, every hour has many minutes. So that does that mean there's even more infinite minutes than hours? So therefore the Rebbe says, you can't really have this concept of one bleakvul being, being greater than another bleakvul, which leads us also to the conclusion that from gvul, from something limited and finite, we'll never really get the bleakvul. The Rebbe says, he's not getting into all of that right now, but the point again being is, <coughs> that the bracha coming right now from Moshe Rabbeinu certainly couldn't be a bleakvul bracha, and that's why he's giving a bracha with a certain limit, with a certain cap. Now furthermore, the Rebbe says, generally we understand both in the Sifri and the Medrish, and of course, as we'll soon see in Rashi, we're not actually speaking about that the Abishta gave a bracha that's actually, literally, bleakvul. Rather, what the Abishta is giving a bracha is a very, very tremendous number. The Abishta says, I'm going to increase your children, like the stars of the heaven, like the dust of the earth, and not mentioning a certain number. In other words, that there are going to be so many, such a tremendous amount, that it's very, very difficult, almost impossible to count. And the Rebbe says, just like Choyl Hayam, just like the sand by the sea, which is what the Ebishter says to Avram Avinu, and then he concludes, the Sefri itself uses this term, Hayam. So we understand that the sand at the sea definitely has a number, it's a finite amount, but it's such a tremendous amount that you don't count it. As the Pasuk says, just can't be counted because there are so many. So we're not speaking about true bleakvul. The Rebbe brings a proof from another passage by Yosef, where it speaks about Yosef gathering all the grain, all the food, from the seven years of plenty, for the years of famine. And the Pasuk says that he gathered by Yitzbar Yosef bar kechoyl hayom, like the sand of the sea, at kichoda lispar, till it stopped being counted, ki ain mispar, because there's no number. Now we understand if you're gathering the food from the seven years, 
that Yosef gathers and he puts into a specific place in a specific city, obviously it's a certain limit to the amount of food that he gathered and the amount of grain that he gathered. But it's such a tremendous amount that that's why, as the Pasuk says, Chodal Lispoir, as Rashi explains, that the person counting stopped counting. He ain't misper. In other words, there's no numbers amongst those numbers that we usually use. It's just beyond counting. Says the Rebbe, according to the Sefri and the Medrash, this is what the Yidna are arguing to Moshe. Elef Pa'amim is putting a certain limit, meaning to say, not that before it was unlimited and now it's limited, but rather the number of Elef Pa'amim is going to be a smaller number than what the Eibishter said, that it's not going to be counted at all. Because at the, at the end of the day, Elef Pa'amim is a number of thousands you could count. <coughs> That's the Sefri in the Medrash. The Rebbe says in Pshutei Shomikra, this is not even really such a question. Rashi is not bothered by that question. According to Pshutei Shomikra, the Yidin wouldn't have had this question. Why? Because even Elef Pamim, even a thousand times of what they were at the time, is also this most tremendous, tremendous number, as we will soon discuss. And therefore, Rashi doesn't start as a Sefri in the Medrash with that question, that how is Moshe Rabbeinu saying Elef Pa'amim if they were already promised so much more than that? Rather, what is bother, what's Rashi saying? What's the problem? Because the Pasuk goes on and says, after Moshe Rabbeinu says Elef Pa'amim, he then clearly goes ahead and says, that Hashem will bless you as he spoke to you. That obviously tells us there must have been some sort of conversation. There must have been some problem with what Moshe Rabbeinu said in the Yidden's eyes. And that's why he now has to tell them another thing. As we will discuss. So first of all, we just said that even Elif Pamim is his most tremendous, tremendous amount. How much are we speaking about? So the Rebbe says, we know that the Yidden at that time was 600,000 Yidden. This is men between the ages of 20 and 60. In addition to that, of course, we have all the men that are under the age of 20. We have those that are over the age of 60. We have women, we have children. According to the calculation, it should be the Yidden are at least 2 million people at the time. If Moshe Rabbeinu is giving them a bracha of being a thousand times as much, well, that is 2 billion people. In Pshutay Shal Mikra says that it doesn't make sense to say that the Yidden are arguing, oh, how come we are only going to be Two billion people. Because again, remember we said that even when the Eibishter promises or <coughs> they won't be counted, etc., we established already also that it's not going to be bligvul, as we will soon discuss as well. So therefore, it just means a tremendous, tremendous amount. And Moshe Rabbein is also giving them a big amount. Two billion people. Furthermore, the Rebbe says it might even be more than two billion. Why? Because <coughs> when we say Elif Pamim a thousand times, it doesn't necessarily mean exactly a thousand either. When we say you're going to be a thousand times as much, it means many, many times as much as you are right now. It could even mean more than a thousand. And that's simply the way you could understand Moshe Rabbeinu's words. He's not necessarily limiting it to exactly a thousand times. Says the Rebbe, let's have a look at how many Yidin there could even possibly be on the face of earth. It's not going to be as many as stars and the dust of the earth and the sand of the sea. Because after all, the space, the amount of space on earth, it, it's, it's a limited and a finite space. Chazal says, Shita alpha alma, that the earth is 6,000 parasites. A person takes up a certain amount of space. Chazal tells us, Daladamus is the space of a person. So you could go ahead and try to figure out how many people could possibly even fit on the face of earth. Especially taking into consideration that besides the Yidden, there are also, and this is true even Asad Lavoy, there are also other nations, there are animals, there are houses, there are fields, there are vineyards, 
and so on and so forth. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, Yidin aren't spread out all over the whole world. Yidin, in their rightful place, according to Torah, are in Eretz Yisrael, which is again a smaller place, even in the whole earth, compared to the whole earth. Now, even though it says, the Gemara says Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Atzvi, compared to a deer, which means that when there's more Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael expands, but it's still only a small portion compared to the whole earth. So it's understood that no matter how many people that could be on the whole earth, obviously it's a much smaller amount that's going to be the Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, and that this is clearly a much smaller amount than the amount of dust on the earth, dust of the earth and the sand by the sea, especially if you want to count all of that together. <coughs> so therefore, when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Yosef Aleichem Kochem Elef Pa'amim, that you should be a thousandfold, which we said is at least two billion people, is not in contradiction to the bracha of Hashem, because even the bracha of Hashem was only used as a borrowed term. Not literally meaning like actually the stars of the heaven and the dust of the earth and the sand by the sea. So that is, when Hashem says it just means a tremendous, tremendous amount. And when Moshe Rabbeinu says it's, as we said, a thousand times six hundred thousand, which is two billion, if we count that the Eden were more than 600,000, there was a two million, as we said before. <coughs> and furthermore, we said Elif Pam could also be a th- uh, borrowed term, which can mean even more than two billion. So after all, not necessarily Moshe Rabbeinu is saying anything different to what Hashem promised. So that wouldn't have been a problem. And that's why Rashi doesn't start off with that question. How is Moshe Rabbeinu giving such a bracha? But again, since it says, since Moshe Rabbeinu now continues, and Hashem should give you a bracha like he spoke to you, this is, it's obvious that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to answer this in some sort of response to the argument and the question of the Yidin. And this is why Rashi says the Yidin did have a complaint. Moshe, you're giving a limit to our bracha when Hashem promised Avram Avinu that no, that people, we won't be able to be counted. So let's explain what's going on over here. On the Pasuk Asherim Yuchel Ishlimnes, if someone will be able to count the Yidin, Rashi says, just like it's impossible for the dust to be counted, so too your children won't be counted. In other words, that the bracha of Hashem <coughs> was not that the Yidin should actually be exactly like the dust of the earth in the amount, but rather that because of such a tremendous amount that the Yidin are, they won't be able to be counted, just like you don't count the dust. And this is what the Yidin are saying to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why are you putting a certain limit, a certain cap on the brachos? That is, since Hashem promised that it's going to be such a tremendous amount, that it's completely not usual, it's uncommon to count it, why are you, Moshe Rabbeinu, speaking in numbers, that they are going to be counted? And again, even though Elif Pa'am could just mean such a tremendous amount, as we said earlier, that it might be much more, than Elif Pa'amim as well. It might mean more than the two billion. But at the end of the day, it's still some sort of number that are going to be counted and measured according to what they are right now. You're right now a certain amount and you're going to be a thousand times as much. And the Rebbe explains, this is the difference between the Safri and the Medrash versus Rashi. <coughs> according to the Safri and the Medrash, the argument of Moshe Rabbeinu was, when, they, when Safri and Medrash say you gave a limit to our brachos, is that Moshe Rabbeinu is actually limiting the bracha, giving them as much smaller bracha, a much smaller amount than what the Eibishter promised. Because the Eibishter promised, and Ka'afara Oretz, we, we said those are the psukim that the Sefri and the Medrash bring, the stars of the heaven and Afara Oretz. And in fact, says the Rebbe, this is why 
the Sefri brings first the Pasuk, which is actually a later Pasuk in Torah, and then Kafar Oretz, because it's coming to explain when the Pasuk says, that won't be able to be counted, we actually mean, in other words, the tremendous amount, similar to in an unbelievable great amount. So according to the Sefri and the Medrash, the Ebishter promises which is just this unbelievable great tremendous number and Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a smaller number which is Elif Pamim which as we said before let's say it's around 2 billion people according to Rashi the argument is something else at the Nois and we're not speaking about that they're necessarily saying you're giving us a smaller number than the number Hashem gave us what they're saying is Hashem said that it's not going to be within the realm of counting. Why are you, Moshe Rabbeinu, putting it suddenly within words of numbers? And this is why Rashi is bringing the Pasuk, not <coughs> which again, ultimately has some sort of <coughs> finite number as well, but rather he brings the Pasuk, Asher im yuchal ish, limnois, etc., if anyone will be able to count them, as said before. <coughs> so just to clarify, in the best of my understanding, of what the Rebbe is saying over here, the difference between the Sefri Medrash versus Rashi. The Sefri, according to the Sefri, yes, it's true, both are finite numbers. As we said before, even the Abish's Brach is also a finite number. We're not speaking about unlimited in the literal sense. But still, when we speak about things like we understand that these are just such unbelievable, wild, crazy numbers that we don't even speak about those numbers at all. Moshe Rabbeinu is giving already a much more, a smaller number. Elif Pamim, a thousand times what they are right now, which is two billion people. Nothing compared close to the amount of stars, etc., which are much, 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 much more, even though also still limited. According to Rashi, as well, the Rebbe's point is, as my understanding is, and it will be even more clear in the further part of the Sikha, is not necessarily that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving them less than Hashem. Because Hashem, when he said that you won't be able to count them, already also means a finite number, Just it's just such a high number we don't usually count. And Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a pretty good number, also 2 billion people, and the argument of the Yidden is more like, why are we even speaking about numbers? You're suddenly putting it in the framework of numbers, even though technically it might not be a smaller bracha than Hashem's bracha in numbers. Says the Rebbe further, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu answers, what does that mean? The bracha that I gave you, Yosef Hashem Aleichem, that Hashem should make you a thousandfold, is the same bracha that Hashem is giving you. In other words, I'm giving you the same bracha. It's just that the way it comes through Moshe Rabbeinu, and the way it's being said through Moshe Rabbeinu, is being said through a certain gvul, through a certain limit, through a certain finite measure. <coughs> but of course, Hashem is going to bench you as He said to you. In other words, the bracha is going to be fulfilled what Hashem said to you, and which is that really it's going to be beyond being able to count really. So what's the pshat? It's within the words of Yosef Aleichem Kachem we can understand what's happening. Moshe Rabbeinu, since he's a limited person, a finite person, in a certain time, in a certain place, so he sort of cannot remove himself completely from the concept of gavul, from the concept of limitation. And therefore... <coughs> he looks at the Yidin as a certain amount where they are right now, and he benches them. He says, whatever you are right now, you should be a thousand times as much. But the Brach of the Eibishter, since Hashem is of course not limited, so therefore when he promises Avram Avinu, 
Asherim Yuchalishlimnois will the be that the won't be able to count be counted. Just like the sand cannot be counted. In other words, Hashem is seeing the Yidin in their state of beyond numbers. <coughs> so again, the bracha is technically the same bracha, but Moshe Rabbein is saying, I needed to express it through a certain limited medium. The Rebbe says an example to this, although not exactly the same, is we know regarding the Aseris Adibris. Hashem says to the Yidin, the Aseris Adibris, it all comes out, because Hashem is not limited, the ten things could all come out together. Those very same Aseris Adibris, how, are they, how do they come to the Yidin? The Yidin hear them as ten individual things. So too over here. Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that Hashem's bracha is of course going to come to you. It's only because it's coming through me, it came out in this number in a specific way. The Rebbe moves on now to Yenishol Torah in Rashi. The Rebbe says it's explained in Kisri Arizal. Arizal's yard says, of course, Hey Menachemov, and that Kviyesu is that Mitzoy Shabbos. Regarding this statement that Moshe Rabbeinu says that up until here, it's my bracha, but the Abishta is going to give you what he promised you. So it says in Kisri Arizal the following. Moshe has the same gematri as the name Kale Shindalad Yud. Both of them equaling 345. Now, when you write out the names Kale Shindalad Yud completely, meaning <coughs> that Kale is spelled out, not only Aleph Lamed, which then would only be 31, but if you spell it out, the Aleph is Aleph Lamed Fei. The Lamed is spelled out Lamed Mem Dalad. And so to the Shin, the Dalad and the Yud. That would all equal 999, together with which was, which was, with that which is known often in Gematria, you have something called a koilil, that means all of it also put together is one more, that equals a thousand. And he explains the Kisvi Arizal over there, that this Aleph, this thousand, or also sometimes Aleph, as we know, Aleph is um, the, the, the word Aleph, or the letter Aleph, sometimes is also understood as being related to this word Aleph of a thousand, is the Aleph of... Bina, of the level of Bina. This is based on a Gemara that which speaks actually about the letters of the Aleph Beis, and the Gemara says Aleph Bina. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu's power was to bless up until the level, uh, level of Ima of Bina. And therefore, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Aleph Pa'amim. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says, till here, that's my bracha. From here onwards, you'll get the bracha from Aboilad, the level of Chachmo. Says the Rebbe, here we're going to see the, how the Pshutish Mikra goes so well together with the idea of Pnimiya Satoira. And the Rebbe explains. First the Rebbe is going to explain how it works based on the Medrash and Sifri. But then the Rebbe is going to explain the Pirush again according to Rashi and see how Rashi's Pirush is the one that fits very much with what we just said from the Arizal. So the Rebbe says like this. According to the Sifri and Medrash, we said already that the fact that Yidna being blessed in this unlimited way, we don't mean actually completely unlimited, it's a borrowed term. But even when we say it's a borrowed term, but since it's something that says in Torah Semes, it's Inyan Amiti, that means to say that Yidin are going to be like like the stars of the heaven, like the sand of the sea, the sand by the, of the earth, the sand of the sea, such a tremendous amount that that it completely cannot be counted. That's because in the Shoyresh, where it's really coming from, from a place from true, true, true Bligvul, but as it comes down into the world, the world is a finite and a mugbulika place. So therefore we just say it cannot be counted because of so many, but not that it's actually bleakvul. <clears throat> In other words, there's two aspects to the bleakvul. There's the bleakvul the way it's mulmaila, and then there's the bleakvul the way it's translated in the world. In other words, the fact that Yidin are, and 
is only because once you're coming down into the Olam already, into Olam Hazer, so therefore it's going to have to be limited in a certain way. But the Emes and Bamitis and Bepnimis, the way it's Lamaila, they are truly, completely, completely bleakful. So, according to the Medrash again, it would be that there is that level of true, absolute bleakful which the Abishta was giving them. And then there's the next level as it's coming down through Moshe Rabbeinu, which has some sort of Hagbala already. In other words, according to the Safri and the Medrash, the tremendous amount of which cannot be counted as coming from the true bleak Volumayla, those Oilamis Ein Soif that are even higher than Atzilus. And then when it moves down into the worlds, which is what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, in other words, giving them a certain number, this is already because in the language of people, we have the concept of number, in other words, that we also can relate to in some sort of way, and that's going to be already within the world of Atzilus, the ten spheres, etc. Fine, that's all the Medrash and the Safri. Now we're going to look at the way it's according to Rashi. And that is, even the way the Yidin are not on such a tremendously, bl- uh, amazingly high number like Yechoyich Shamayim, as we said before, that even Hashem's bracha is also somewhat similar to Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha, it's just Hashem's bracha was expressed in a way of not saying numbers. Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha was expressed in saying numbers, but technically not necessarily they're that different. So there isn't such a massive difference and bleak vul by the Eibishter's bracha. Nevertheless, there's still a difference between Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha and Hashem's bracha, that in Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha, there's still some number, some limitation being felt, or <clears throat> the way the Eibishter expressed it is that your ch- children will not be able to be counted like the dust of the earth. In other words, we don't really feel that limitation at all. <coughs> Says the Rebbe, since everything has a shayrish lamayla, it's understood that both of these levels lamayla, in other words, the way Hashem expressed it, which is beyond number, but still really ultimately finite in a certain way, but it's still the numbers aren't felt, or the way Moshe Rabbeinu expresses it through a certain number, is all coming from a level where there is already the concept of Kalim. There is already the concept of a certain limitation on the artist in the world of Atzillus, where there is certain division and limitation. And this is why it's going to come down into our world. It's also going to come down into practical numbers. <coughs> the difference, as the Rebbe is about to explain, is again whether the numbers are felt or the numbers are not felt. Going back for a moment first to the Safri and the Medrash. If we speak about like the Sifri and the Medrash, the Oyer, the way it's completely higher than the Kalim, in other words, a place where there's no Kalim at all. So that would come down, Lamato, in a way, even down here, we say it's Bli Mispar with no number, according to at least how the world understands no number. And therefore that would be like the Choyich Shamayim, Kafara Oretz, So again, according to the Medrash, there would be much more bleakful aspect being felt. However, according to Rashi, in both cases, they're much more finite. The difference only is, do you feel the number, as in Moshe's case, or according to Hashem, do you don't even re- notice numbers at all. So this would be the difference between whether the kalim are being felt, or the kalim are not being felt at all. So in other words, the bracha of Hashem, according to the Safri and Medrish, are coming from a place of keser where there is no kalim at all. However, according to Rashi, the bracha of the Eibishter is in the place of Chachma. That's the, which is, as we said before, from the Arizal. It's in the place of Chachma. And therefore, there are already Kalim. It's just not being felt. Regarding Chachma, we say that even the Kalim are similar to the Oiris. 
We know there's a concept called Iyu v'chayoi chad Hashem and his are one. And one of the meanings of that is that in, in the level of Chachmo, even the Kalim are part of the Oir. The Kalim is not being felt so much. So that's how it's coming from Tzadah Eibishter. On the other hand, the way it's coming from Moshe is already coming down, as we said, according to the Arizal, from the level of Bina, a place where there's much more limitation and number. And therefore, you feel already the Indian of a Kali. So what do we see here? That Rashi's Peter specifically would fit very much to what we said, according to the Arizal. The Rebbe concludes that through learning in Torah in both of these ways, both Pshat and generally Nigla the Torah, which is more like the limited or finite aspect in Torah, the numbered aspect in Torah, as well as learning the Torah of the Arizal, which the Arizal said that in these generations specifically, it's a mitzvah and you're allowed to, it's a mitzvah to reveal this Chochmah. In these days, that's through Torah's Achsidus. And in a way of Yisparnusun Minei, that we have it already fully understood through Chsidus Chabad. And this is more the Ein Soif in Torah, higher than the level of number. And in a way that both of these aspects of Torah are Torah Achas, will be Zoycha to the time when Vayim Misper B'nei Yisroel. The Yidden will be in a way, Asher Yimad Yisofer, won't be able to be measured and be counted, will be L'Asid Lava Yibukarev Mamash.